Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. It's week three of football season, and that means another FizzCast. Ian Unsworth, Johnny's right next to me, and we're getting you ready for Syracuse and UAlbany tomorrow at the Dome, 12 o'clock noon on ACC Network. WAER also has the game on radio. But, John, it's been a tumultuous last week for Syracuse football. First, the loss to Rutgers, very disappointing. Fans coming back in the Dome and seeing a mediocre performance, and then... Midweek, Dino Babers comes in contact with a COVID-19 positive. Luckily, head coach tests negative. But it seems like things have been all over the place in this lead-up to UAlbany. Yeah, a bit of an interesting week. Once I saw that Dino Babers positive testing, I kind of figured that he would get a rapid towards the end of the week. And he's vaccinated. He's been pretty adamant about people getting vaccinated. So I figured that it wouldn't be that big of a deal. He'd just have to get a negative test later, later in the week which was the case, and he'll be back on the sidelines for Syracuse on Saturday. I don't think it's going to matter that much. I think Tony White would have been just fine roaming the sidelines, if not better. Who knows? I mean, Sterling Gilbert's there running the offense, and that's obviously been a crapshoot, but that is what it is. Obviously, that's not going to be the case this weekend, so Baber's back on the sideline, and hopefully that means that he'll have a better opportunity to look and see who his quarterback's going to be because, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to learn a lot from this UAlbany game. It's an FCS team. Syracuse is just looking to tune up a little bit, get ready for ACC play, kicking off with Florida State next week. But Coach Baber said he wants to figure out who the quarterback is going to be, and hopefully we could find out well, that answer. I got, I got to stop you real quick. Yes, we need the quarterback. We got Liberty next week. Yes. that That is big within itself. But I don't want to see the quarterback carousel during that Liberty game. Pick your guy, go with him, roll the dice, win that Liberty game. You're right, I did actually look past that Liberty game. Cannot do that because that's a team that beat Syracuse last year, as we know. But... Uh, as far as the Rutgers game, Ian, you can give me your thoughts. I thought it was a pretty good showing. The defense was spectacular. Now, on the flip side of that, Rutgers' defense was also spectacular. And Syracuse scored just seven points, and that's just not going to win you a lot of football games here in 2021. So, I was disappointed, I would say. Disappointed with the offense mainly because there was never any momentum that Syracuse got rolling offensively. There were some dumb pen- There were so many bad penalties. Not even some. So many. The illegal formations, man. The illegal formations kicked. They, they just got another one, by the way. <laughs> they just killed me, man. Watching that game and just seeing flag after flag and the Dino penalty, too. That's, that's something that just cannot happen regardless if the call was correct or not. I mean, I think you and I are both on the same page that that personal foul was uh, just unquestionably not a personal foul, just a good hard tackle for Mikkel Jones. But you can't lose your wits on the sideline, especially when your team is not getting rolling and on the next play, Rutgers is literally in the end zone. So it was just a disappointment, I would say, on all levels besides the, the defense, which was, as you said, spectacular. But... In terms of the quarterback situation, I'm rolling with Tommy DeVito, and it sounds really strange, but what I saw from Garrett Schrader last weekend was... What, what have we seen? I don't understand why people are making an argument that he should be the starter. What have you seen? The guy's had two drives resulted in, what I guess, what should have been three points, but what? What I saw last weekend was pure chaos. Uh, the one thing that's burned into my brain 
is Schrader trying to run the football after getting chased out of the pocket and chest passing it out of bounds. Speaking of chest passing, if you're done with football already, I can't blame you. The basketball schedule just came out. I wrote a preview article about the ACC slate on our website at orangefizz.net. You can check that out. Also follow Orange Fizz on Twitter for, for all of our latest articles. And Syracuse has a juicy ACC slate coming up, but we can discuss basketball so way, way later because we'll get back to you, Albany, because, oh, man. I'm, but just overall, I'm picking Tommy DeVito as my starting quarterback because when he's been in the game, it seems like the offense is a bit more calm. Uh, the reads, I guess they're getting made, you could say. And uh, when DeVito's in the game, yes, yeah, Schrader is the rushing threat, quote-unquote, but he's looked decent with using his legs. And mm-hmm. I'd like to see a bit of that against Albany as well, more designed runs to get him active. I think DeVito's the guy as well. And I think by taking him out of the game, even if you have it planned and you have DeVito prepared for the fact that, yes, he is going to come out of the game at some point, Schrader's going to go in and get a drive. That just takes away from your rhythm. You're sitting on the sideline watching, thinking you should be in there making the plays. And I specifically made it a point because I was at the game inside the Dome. I was looking for DeVito and trying to see what his body language was on the sideline. He looked fine. He was standing right next to coach and stuff. But you could tell he obviously wanted to be in there because he was rolling. Aside from that Taj Harris fumble on the first drive of the game, they are putting together a nice drive, dinking and ducking up and down the field picking up third downs, and then he comes right back in for Schrader in the second half, hits a big play to Taj Harris. One play later, Sean Tucker runs it in for a touchdown. What did I see from Schrader? You mentioned the chest pass that's burning your mind. For me, it's Courtney Jackson, 10 yards beating downfield beating his defender on a slot fade. Ball's overthrown. If that ball is on the money, it's an easy touchdown, and then he missed another overthrow for what would have been a touchdown, Anthony Queeley, minutes later. I don't know what you guys have seen from Garrett Schrader that thinks he should be the guy. Yeah, he's shown flashes a little bit, But DeVito's been out there for the majority of the time, and I think he's looked the most comfortable out there. And you mentioned the running ability. Yeah, whenever Syracuse can mix mix it up and get DeVito going in the run game instead of designed QB powers, it's been good. It's been efficient. So if you can work that in, DeVito can do that for you. Schrader's not the only quarterback that can run or has athleticism on this team. So I think the debate is really – there is no debate. And you're going to see this weekend, I think DeVito's going to move the offense up and down the field. He's going to entrench himself as QB1 going into Liberty and perhaps going forward. I'd certainly hope so. I mean, I will say that Schrader looks like a better option than like Dylan Markowitz as backup yeah, QB. I mean, like, he's like QB four and a half. Yeah, so. I mean, that's what we were looking at last year. Culpepper in and out. Jacobian, I mean, Jacobian Morgan. Yeah, I haven't heard a peep from him. Uh, he didn't look half bad, but that that's beyond beyond our reach at this point in time. Let's move forward. Albany this Saturday, noon kickoff and we're both not expecting much from the Great Danes. It might be an in-state rivalry, maybe. If First meeting ever, so... Maybe if know. we're talking about lacrosse, it's yeah. an in-state rivalry, but football, it's an FCS team, and there's really just not... You can't you can't expect much from UAlbany. They've lost to North Dakota State and Rhode Island, uh, both FCS schools, and the stats do not look great. They're score, they've scored 10 points per game. Um, they're averaging just over 35 rushing yards per game. And their running back was supposed to be the, the backbone of the team. And so, the quarterback's good, too. Yeah. But I, 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 I just don't, I don't really see what benefit this brings to Syracuse besides having a glorified scrimmage. Right. No, they'll be ready to play. It's an in-state thing. Obviously, everyone doesn't have a lot of respect for the football program. 
when it comes to the state of New York. So they'll be ready to play, and uh, I think the program and the fans are excited to watch it. They're actually going to huddle together at UAlbany's home stadium and watch it on a big screen if they can't make it out to the game. So this is a big deal for them. And we've seen already in the college football season a lot of FCS upsets. Montana it, over Washington, I, amongst many others. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but uh, you guys have been keeping up. Jackson, Jacksonville yep. State, Florida yep, State. Of course, Jacksonville State, Florida State. How can you that was that fun. Yep. That I enjoyed that thoroughly. We saw that live, which was just absolutely wild. Uh, but anyways, you can't sleep on him. It's still an opponent. You know, Dino's going to be talking him up, preaching him up, and all that stuff like he does every week, which, you know, is good. You don't want to create any negative headlines and give him any more reason to come in and want to beat you. But at the same time, it is an FCS team. You have more talent at every position on the field, so you should be able to come out and roll. Now the question is going to be how clean will it look? I guess we'll find out. But uh, this Albany team has a couple of playmakers to be on the lookout for. We've already kind of hinted at him a little bit. We'll start with the quarterback, Jeff Undercuffler, who didn't have a great 2020, all things well. The FCS season was played in the spring of 2021, but we're calling it 2020 because that's really where we are in time. Uh, But overall, I mean, he's really trying to recover from this sketchy last year. This year's offered a pretty slow start, two, two touchdowns, two picks, 400s total yards, but his 2019 was amazing. Mm-hmm. He was the Jerry Rice Award runner-up, which is given to the best freshman in the FCS. Jerry Rice, for those of you who might have uh, or weren't born in the era, he played at Mississippi Valley State. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but in 2019, Undercuffler threw for 41 touchdowns and over 3,500 yards. Those stats were better than Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is now on the San Francisco 49ers. He got a bag after being the third third overall pick in this year's draft. But Undercuffler is trying to shake off that 2020, and I don't think he's going to have much success against Syracuse's secondary, which once again looks to be the strength of the team. Yeah, but Syracuse is also notorious for making other teams look better than they actually are. We'll see. Well, under Cuffler, a 2019, uh, 2019 Phil Steele postseason FCS freshman All-American. So the guy definitely has the accolades. 2020, as we all know, not a good year. Didn't have the opportunity to get ready for in a, in a preseason setting, spring, summer, all that. And then, of course, they pushed the season back to the spring. It was cold, obviously, in yeah. New York, right? So, yeah. you know, we'll see. He's obviously off to a slow start here in 2021. Well, I guess part two, 2021. But I don't expect much from him. Syracuse's defense has been lights out so far, especially the secondary. Garrett Williams should be back. Jason Simmons will take over at free safety for Ben LeBros because he has left the program. I don't know what's going on with that, but I like Simmons there better than him anyway. That may have been why he left the program. Uh, moving to the running back, though, another All-American, Carl Mofer, but he hasn't really looked like an All-American this year. 37 attempts, a little over 100 yards in two games. Obviously not very good. Actually, make that 99 because... Uh, I hate how they do this thing where they have the gain and the loss and the net, whatever. He's netted 99 yards on 37 carries. That's under three per carry and a touchdown. So he hasn't been getting it done. That was against other FCS schools. And like I said, Syracuse defense lights out. But one guy that might give the secondary a test is Roy Alexander. And Ian has more on him. So Roy Alexander this year has sort of broken out, if you want to call it that. I mean, he's not the not the headline name, or at least wasn't coming in, but... In two games, he's averaging over 20 yards per catch. He had a 67-yard grab, and he's only got one touchdown, but he's averaging 83.5 yards per, per game, Excuse me, and that's total on eight receptions. So he's a big play guy. Yep. He's going to hit home runs. 
which Syracuse really hasn't had a problem with yet. We haven't seen a team cut up on the orange in the past game, and honestly, last year wasn't much of that either. It was guys. It was, it was the big runs. Yes, it was guys passes. running up the middle and then beating Rob Hanna to a spot. So I, I honestly am not very scared of Alexander and the rest of U Albany's passing game. Uh, but if we're talking about Syracuse's defense as a whole. One thing I do want to see from them is pass rush. We have not seen enough from... I'm, I'm not even going to put the onus on the front three, but I would say the linebackers, Thompson, Linton, Kantnarku, uh, those guys, to really get home on third and longs and bring down the quarterback. I was pretty impressed with what they did against Rutgers. They got... I don't think anybody on the D-line had any quarterback hurries against Ohio, which obviously can't happen, so... You saw Josh Black, Curtis Harper, Caleb Okachuku, McKinley Williams in the backfield. Also saw Marlo Wax beating tackles one-on-one a couple different times, and he had a sack. Mikel Jones obviously balled out. So I liked what I saw from the front six, we'll call it, last week, and we'll see if they can build on that going into Albany and just rack up the sacks. Because if you can dominate the line of scrimmage like that, you completely mitigate what Alexander can do because it's pretty hard to hit a deep shot or even connect on a pass if you got pressure in your face all day. I am looking forward to hopefully seeing Kingsley Jonathan back in the lineup this week. He didn't play. But like I said, Caleb Okachukwu, not a lot of guys are mentioning him. Not a lot of people are mentioning him. A rotational guy last season, a former pretty highly uh, rated recruit. Now he's really starting to come into his own and he's getting time. And uh, I liked what I saw from him. I think he had a pair of sacks in the last game. So see if he can build on that. He had one official sack. I think okay. I think there might have been. He was been... back there a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had that safety against the Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guys have sacks are Marlo Wax, McKinley Williams, and then Josh Black and Cody Roscoe each have a half. So I'd like to see pass rush. I think you and I are in the same boat, Jeeds. And defensively, there's really not much to t- touch it's on. It's not a good defense. They this- rank pretty much second to last in every category right now. Yeah. So, And this is in the Colonial Athletic Association. How many of you have heard of that conference? Probably not many. So not a good defense. Not much really to say about it. But... Like, Syracuse could make any defense look good. So you got to see him get it going this week. I would really like to see a Sean Tucker-Hundo game, 100 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. And then also get some reps for Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard. I think Adams has maybe seen the field three, four times. I, I haven't I haven't peeped Howard at all. No. So let those guys get on the field and get a couple reps. Because last year, Sean Tucker... Midway through the season, you could tell he was starting to take some hits, starting to get a little dinged up, and yes, it was a wacky year, but can't put the whole workload on him, and I'm not exactly comfortable with Cooper Lutz, at least what I've seen from him this year. So get Howard, get Adams in the ballgame, let them get some carries. I think they really started to limit his carries in the last game against Rutgers because he was getting the ball a lot early on, then they really didn't give it to him for much of the second quarter, was going to Cooper Lutz quite a bit. So I think 15 carries at most for Sean Tucker in this game. Maybe against Clemson and some other ones, you have to give it to him. you got to feed your guy. But I think 15 carries is the best. A couple of notes on the offensive line here. So Matthew Bergeron actually graded out as the best offensive lineman, I believe, according to Pro Football Focus last week, which is unreal. The anchor left tackle, he's off to a great start for Syracuse. The O-line as a whole wasn't as good against Rutgers, but they still played okay, only five sacks allowed. Not a ton of pressure. And Dakota Davis might be back for this game. He's been out. Darius Tisdale's been starting at right guard. So if Syracuse gets Davis back, he ended the season as a starter last year. That's a good sign. I think that'll help with the continuity of the front five. Only five sacks. I can't hey, hey, I, I hey, can't I mean, believe we're saying that, but that's where we are, gang. If you get Davis back, I think you're in a much better spot. 
Yeah, I would definitely agree. Darius Tisdale got owned a couple times last weekend. Um, and Plus, they had Ola Kunle Fathakasi, and he's one of the best defense, defenders in the Big Ten. Good on so. you for just ripping that. No no uh, hesitation. But, yeah, Fathakasi to undercuffler. Here we go, folks. From Rutgers last week to U Albany this week. And, of course, as we will do for the rest of the season, we got to pull out the lines. John How did you do last week? What? You hit on the under, and uh, we both both picked the right team to win. We both had Rutgers covering the points. So I believe we're knotted up at 3-3 through two weeks. I picked uh, the spread, and we both— Is is it 4-4? No, it's 3-3. So we're doing team, spread, and over-under. No, it's just spread and over under because okay, I think you picked the team there as well. All right, we're, we're, All right, we're doing yes. or it's two two. It's two two. Okay, it's two. It's two two. Ah, whatever. We'll figure out this <laughs> ranking system and come back to you guys. All right. Well, whatever. I got the, I got this. I got the total and we both got the spread in week one. John got the total and we both got the spread in week two. Week three. Uh, this is a very interesting line because Syracuse. Oh, also, you got to go pretty far to find it because. Usually they don't have lines for games between FBS and FCS teams. There's no value in betting. This yeah, game, the the so. spreads are ridiculous. Um, right now, Syracuse is about a 23, 23 and a half point favorite, and the over under is currently listed at forty four. Okay. So it's it's a little tricky. You making me go first here? Yeah, I'm making you go first. You got it right. Um, I don't think you Albany's going to score much of any points, maybe six, maybe a touchdown at the most in garbage time. And I think Syracuse gets at least 30. I think the offense, you know, led by the run game, I think they really start to rotate the backs like we've been talking about. So give me Syracuse with the points, and I'll take the over. Syracuse with the points, and I'm taking the under. I don't think mm. – well, I think you Albany might get six, right? I think this is going to be a 35 to 6 game, 30 38 to 6 game. I mean, if you get it at 44 and a half, it's a push, but I I don't think Syracuse gets over 40 and I don't think U Albany gets over 7. So, I will I will, you know, take I guess it's a bit of a risk, but I I'm I'm really not too concerned about U Albany's offense putting up numbers. So, give me the under and give me Syracuse. Give me my score exactly 41 to 6. That's what I'm thinking. Forty-one to six. I've got th- I've got thirty-five to six. Oh, it's so close, man. It's yeah, so it's close, close. but right. we'll see how it goes. It's close. We're we're splitting hairs here, but hey, it's an FBS opponent. We can afford to do so. That'll wrap it up for this week's Fizzcast. Syracuse, U Albany, noon at the Dome Saturday. Games on ACC Network, WAER on the radio. For John Eats, I've been Ian Unsworth. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and as always, go Orange.